Welcome, guys, to another episode of Travel Rolling Podcast. Today, Jeff and I are going to be talking with Mr. Clyde. Um, we recently took a Scotland trip to uh, um, St. Andrews and to Lossie Mouth uh, a few months ago, and we saw Clyde and his group of guys that are from Cincinnati on the plane. We saw him at the rental. We saw him at the Dunvegan. Uh, at the end of the trip, I thought that they were following us. But uh, Clyde is amazing. Uh, he's played golf in all 50 states. He's played golf in six of the seven continents. Uh, he's going to have some really great stories. I hope you enjoy. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Travel Royally Podcast. We're thrilled tonight to have a very special guest, Dr. Clyde Henderson. Clyde lives in Cincinnati. He's a retired orthopedic surgeon. He graduated from Northwestern with a degree in engineering. He then entered the Army, and then he attended the Harvard of the Midwest, the University of Cincinnati, where he has a <clears throat> degree in uh, medicine. He recently retired, well, a couple of years ago, he retired after 32 years as an orthopedic surgeon. And interestingly, he's played golf in all 50 states. We'll talk more about that in a moment. He's also played golf on six or seven continents. The one that he hasn't played on, you'll be surprised to hear which one that is. Um, we met Clyde this past summer in Scotland, and Scotland's a small country. We ran into him multiple times on uh, <laughs> our trips. Um, he's a very likable guy, and uh, we're thrilled to have him as our guest today. Clyde, welcome to the Travel Royally Podcast. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I've uh, It's been my pleasure to have uh, met both of you and have talked with you uh, on, on a couple of, a couple of occasions in Scotland and on multiple occasions since we've returned. So thanks a lot. Well, we're, we really are glad that you're here. And, uh, you know, what's interesting about Clyde, um, he's very easy to get to know and to like. And I, we found that out very quickly. Uh, we were in a car rental agency and we met him and then we ran into him in St. Andrews um, uh, in all places, a uh, pub. And um, the other thing, I don't know if you remember, Clyde, but I was walking in front of your hotel and I thought I saw you at the top of the building, right at the uh, the restaurant at the top of the Rusak's hotel. Ah. I'm like, fine. And then, well, that wasn't you. So, OK, so well, we, been. we did eat there one night. Um, we ate at the top of the hotel one evening. So. And um, one of my, my one of my compadres and I were standing outside um, after we had eaten. Well, I'll tell you what we've got, um, and I haven't even told Hayden this yet, but we've just got we just got an exclusive deal with a tour guide in St. Andrews. And one of the things we like to do, Clyde, is when we send our guests there, we like for them to arrive on Sunday, go straight to St. Andrews, walk the course because it's closed, as you know. And then at the Martyrs Monument, right <clears> behind <throat> the RNA, um, we've got a tour guide that will meet our guests there, take a 90-minute tour up to the castle and the cathedral, down through the university, down Market Street and South Street and all that. And then the tour culminates at the top of the Rusacks with a cocktail. Ah, it's called a, a wee walk and a cocktail. <laughs> That sounds like a, a, a very good introduction to um, to um, St. Andrews. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Clyde, you appear to be a true Renaissance man. Um, 
beyond medicine. Tell us about, well, it could include medicine, but tell us about your passions right now. All right, sure. Well, let me let me back up a little bit and um, make a little correction as far as my biography um, is concerned. I um, went to um, Northwestern University as an undergrad. Um, then I was at University of Cincinnati, the Harvard of the Midwest, as you called it, for medical school. And I did my orthopedic surgery residency at University of Cincinnati Hospitals. And then I went to the Army. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So my my the reason I went to the Army was that uh, we had, it's just a, uh, a continuation of a theme uh, with, with me. I was blessed to do a lot of things and uh, family, we had no money. Um, and uh, so I joined the Army in medical school and they paid my way through my last uh, three years of medical school. And I owed three years of active duty service uh, after I finished my uh, residency. And so I went into the uh, Army. Uh, after I finished residency, I was stationed at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. We called it Fort Lost in the Woods, Misery. Uh, <laughs> and if you've ever been there, you'll know why. <coughs> but uh, I, I was uh, chief of orthopedic surgery out there for two of the years I was, uh, I was there. And so we had an opportunity to uh, take care of a lot of um, uh, injured um, um, soldiers. Unfortunately, they were injured, but we were glad to be there to, uh, to assist them in uh, getting better. And uh, so it was a really a good experience from a professional standpoint. And then I came back to Cincinnati to uh, start my practice in medicine and practice there for um, 30, um, 33 years um, before I retired about four years ago. And I'm actually semi-retired as well. I still do a little bit, as you were alluding to earlier, since this COVID um, epidemic, uh, I've been writing articles. I've actually written uh, 86 articles now about, um, about COVID. I thought this would be a three-month thing with COVID. Right. And here we are, you know, two and a half years later. Yeah. But basically trying to be a service to the community. Um, and so that's been my, my continuation of medicine, along with also working for a firm that does evaluations for uh, the Ohio Bureau of Workers' Compensation. So I'm, you know, I don't see patients anymore, but I'm still busy. Yeah. And a lot of what you do relative to COVID is around the African-American community, correct? Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what piqued my interest, actually, was because I saw the, uh, a dis the disparate effect it was having on the African-American community. And I thought that I needed to, I, th that I could benefit and the community could benefit from having a voice, um, talk with them about um, go what's going on with uh, COVID-19 and what we could do to uh, basically save ourselves. And, and because that's, um, you know, being your own advocate is very, very important. And I thought I could be a voice uh, for that. And that's what um, I started to write the, uh, why I started to write the articles. And they're published at the, um, in the Cincinnati Herald, which is a <coughs> Cincinnati's African-American newspaper, uh, and also at the Cincinnati Medical Association, the website. Um, so that's, that's how they get um, basically uh, disseminated to the, uh, to the public. Well, and I heard you on an African-American radio station. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? You have w um um d w the the buzz b o z yeah right the buzz yeah and um so i've been on that uh, station also i've had a couple of articles in the cincinnati inquirer as well um but right. something oh, there's a organization called uh, the center for closing the health gap which is very active uh, with uh um, trying to eliminate health care uh, disparities and i have a, a collaboration with uh, with them where uh, we uh, have um um, town hall meetings as well as uh, uh, radio um, and TV appearances as well. Now, I think some of this, I'm going to take a wild guess here, stems from 
the fact that early in your life you found a mentor, um, a doctor that that kind of inspired you um, to become a doctor, and actually became a at some level a colleague after you became a doctor, correct? That is very correct. Uh, when I was um, seven years old, my father and I had uh, pneumonia. Uh, and we went to this doctor who was uh, in the community. His name was uh, Paul Huff. And he treated us for uh, pneumonia. And he took an interest in me at that point uh, from the standpoint of uh, wanting to know what I was going to do with myself when as things went on. Um, my father did construction work. He had a little construction business, very, very hard, never made a whole lot of money. Um, but he took, uh, he took my brother and I out. And uh, I remember is actually saying to me, one August, early August afternoon, we were putting down some blacktop in Cincinnati. And if you've ever put in blacktop, that asphalt is really, really hot. And he, he, was, he said, this is what you can do unless you stay in school. <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember yeah. it like it was yesterday. Uh, and so with that encouragement, along with the, uh, my family, family doctor who was encouraging me, I was leaning toward medicine. Um, but then as I got to the point where I had to do, do some exploration from this, uh, in order to figure out how I would get to be a physician, it was apparent to me that it would take a very, very long time. Uh, and like I said before, we didn't have any money. I felt like I needed to uh, get to work. I was good in math and science and uh, was blessed to uh, get into a Northwestern as an uh, engineer. I was a material science engineer. Um, and um, then I came, so I decided not to do medicine because I didn't want to stay in school that long. But I worked as a junior engineer um, for the summers um, between my uh, um, first three year, two years at uh, three years at Northwestern and figured out that at age 40, I didn't want to be an engineer um, with without an advanced degree. Um, so I was going to need an MBA or a PhD, in which case if I needed to just do what I really wanted to do with my life. And that was medicine. So I migrated back to um, back to medicine, applied for medical school, um, but stayed in engineering so that I would at least be able to get a job if I didn't get into med school. But I got into medical school multiple places and decided to come back to Cincinnati. And, wow. um, and then my, my uh, mentor, Dr. Huff, had been following me all along. And so I, he was happy when I made the change. And then after I finished my residency and my stint in the Army, he was one of the first people that sent me a whole bunch of patients. You know, so that, that was the, uh, the back end of that. You know, so. you know, your story reminds me... Um... <clears throat> About two years ago, I was on a conference call with about 2,000 other people with Magic Johnson. Mm. And he's a fascinating man from the perspective that he only made $19 million playing baseball, or excuse me, playing basketball. Right, only. He's worth $600 million. Right, yeah. Right? He owns the Dodgers, in yes. for people that don't realize that, but the thing that was interesting to me was um, his father um, had a trash hauling business. So they would drive through the neighborhood picking up people's trash. One winter, there was a bag of trash frozen in the ice. And Magic tr tried to lift it and it wouldn't come out. So he left it and got back on the truck. And his father made it, you know, said, you need to get out. That This is our job is to take that trash. Right. And he said to him, how you do that, those little things is how you do everything. Yep. And it changed his life to be one of whatever I do, I'm going to give it 
my my whether I'm picking up someone's trash or whether I'm you know making a pass to Kareem Abdul Jabbar, right? It's going to be the best I can do. So those some of those innocuous comments our parents make can shape the rest of our lives, right? No doubt. <clears throat> and as okay. a as a as a parent, I try to uh, pass those on to my uh, my children still and uh, and my grandchildren. Yeah. So. Yeah. Excellent. Now, um, obviously, we met because of golf, and it seems like a lot of people, me included, and Hayden as well, were introduced to golf by our parents. Did Did your father play golf, or did you find golf in another way? No, my my father did not play golf, um, and it was golf was not big in my community when I was growing up. In fact, it was it was no one played golf, you know, and uh, not not in my fa- not in my immediate family. Um, and, uh, certainly not my, uh, my father. Um, what the reason how I got involved with it was when I completed high school, um, we were playing, we used to play basketball very late at night. I mean, like until three o'clock in the morning, literally there was a place up on Gilbert Avenue, Thompson Cadillac. You may know of it anyway. I hope I'm not, um, advertising for them, but anyway, there was a, there's a, there's a lit <coughs> basketball court there and we were played to wee hours of the morning. Um, and then, so one, one Friday, I think it was a Friday night. We had played to very late in the morning. Um, and I, I decided I was with my best friend and I was going to go, going to go to way to college in, you know, six weeks or so. And I wanted to spend as much time as I could with him. And so we decided that we weren't going to go home that night. Um, but we went over to White Castles and had some breakfast. <laughs> right, what else? <laughs> and then we said, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna, why don't we go play some golf? So we went to Avon Fields. Yeah, we know. Avon Fields, you know, Avon Fields is the <clears throat> oldest municipal course uh, west of the Alleghenies. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's in our community, and we had uh, basketball shoes. Uh, rent it, rent it clubs and started to play golf. And that I fell in love with it. You know, just the, wow. um, the, uh, the difficulty of the game early on and uh, trying to work through those mechanics was what uh, brought, brought it to me. But as I played it more and more, I realized the, uh, the, the beauty of the, of the game and teaches you a lot of life lessons. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I have to say, I have to tell you something, you know, it seems like, well, I shouldn't say it seems like you're a remarkable person from this perspective. That you know, a lot a lot of people follow their parents or examples in their community. And what I mean by that is, like the you know, if you look at the number of doctors who have children that become doctors, right, or lawyers whose children become lawyers, or like I have a degree in marketing. I have three children; they have degrees in marketing. Not because I said get a degree in marketing, but it's what they followed. They they saw me carrying a briefcase and wearing a suit, and and um, in your case, you took a different path, right? You kind of broke yeah. new ground for your family, um, not just in educationally, but um, and then to play golf when in your community there weren't a lot of golfers um, in your or. I don't know. I don't know how many African American golfers there were back in the seventies right. in Cincinnati, but I can't imagine there were as me- nearly as many as there are today. Right. 
Well, there, there still aren't real, uh, many. Uh, if you look at the recreational golfers, the uh, statistics tell us is about 3% of them are African-American. Um, so, but getting back what, what you're saying, I agree with that. And that's one of the reasons why uh, I do things in the community. Um, what drove me to, to medicine was because somebody helped me and I was on the, um, you know, on the shoulders of somebody else. And I want to pass that experience on to, to kids um, just from the standpoint of, we, we say, I work with an organization called the Black Men in Medicine Cincinnati. And our motto is, you can be what you can see. You can be what you can see. So um, being a physician um, with uh, young kids, seeing uh, a, an African-American physician, just as I did, uh, they will hopefully take up the mantle and be there to, uh, to take care of uh, me and other folks as we get older and older. And from the standpoint of golf, I, I love the game, the, uh, the beauty of the game from the standpoint of it teaching you, you know, um, uh, honesty and uh, integrity and perseverance. Um, things that you do are your responsibility. You know, it's not somebody else's fault. You know, you did it, it's your fault. You know, so with yeah. a golf shot, when you hit that bad golf shot, you hit it in the water because you tried to hit a four iron over, over water when you could have laid up, <laughs> you made a bad decision. And in life, it's the same way. You make some decisions, you're going to have to uh, be accountable for them. But again, so I, I, I would like to have young folks be able to see the not only the, um, um, the beauty of uh, travel in golf, but also the life lessons that it teaches you. And that's just what I like to pass on. And unfortunately, some of the people that we still play golf with haven't learned those lessons. <laughs> <laughs> They're still learning. But uh, hopefully, eventually, they'll, they'll learn. So, Clyde, when the wind blows real hard and your ball doesn't stay in bounds, who do you blame? <laughs> Aiden, who would you blame? I wasn't talking about myself, okay? <laughs> it's not the uh, wind, right? <clears throat> it's not the yeah. wind fault. <laughs> no. You're playing those links golf. You got to keep that ball down low, you know. Um, I I learned once I got you know, to uh to Dunbarney, I learned a little bit. So so Clyde, I want to tell you about kind of an interesting story. Um, you know, if you trace the legacy of um, certain things in life, um, how you became a doctor, and 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 then you look at the legacy you left for your children and the path that they've taken there's a connection or a thread or maybe even a it's thicker than a thread that runs through that um and there's a connection to to you to you uh maybe more so to your friends but um my father uh was very poor when he grew up and uh at age 12 he needed to go out and make money for the family prior to that at age 10 he was a he was a uh he delivered papers for money and he, whatever he made, half of it went to the family and he got to, to keep that. But when he was 12, he went to work at Makatiwa Country Club mm. as a caddy. Okay. Um, and no one in his family played golf. So on Mondays was caddy day and the caddies could play. And during the summers, my father uh, learned how to play golf at Makatiwa. And so um, if it wasn't for him being poor and him needing a job and stumbling onto how, how in the world he found Makatiwa country club. I have no idea, but, um, it, golf wouldn't have been passed down to me in all likelihood. Right. And the interesting connection there 
is that that was designed by Donald Ross. Donald mm -hmm. Ross is from Dornoch, Scotland. You and I have both played Royal Dornoch. And when you see the greens there, you understand why the greens are the way they are at Makatiwa. You understand why some of the run-ups are the way they are at Makatiwa. And uh, one of the first courses my father and I played in Scotland when I took him there for the first time for his 60th birthday, um, we played Dornoch. And um, that's when this hit me. That if it wasn't for, I mean, think about that. Donald Ross, Scotland, Dornock, Makatiwa, my dad, me, my children, right? This golf business, this meeting, it, 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 none of it would have happened had my father not, well, had Donald Ross not come to Cincinnati and built that golf course, <laughs> it would have been a vacant lot that my father would have walked by and gotten a job bagging groceries somewhere or right. whatever. But uh, that's it's an interesting uh, connection or legacy we leave behind us. No question. And, and speaking of that legacy, uh, you know, the, uh, there's some uh, historical, I would say, a dispute as to who actually built um, Avon Hill, um, um, Avon Fields. The, um, I've seen in several places where they, it's alleged that Donald Ross was the actual architect, original architect of Avon, Avon Fields. Wow. Right down the street from, well, it's, you know, down the street from Makatiwa. Yeah. They're only, what, two miles apart, if that right. far. Yeah. Yeah. When we used to take some of the um, <clears throat> some of the football players, that that was our go to. It was like five minutes down the road. Everybody's welcome. Everybody doesn't matter how good you are. We had, you know, guys who'd never played come out there and uh, we loved it. I love Evan. Yeah. So. yeah. And well, then you're, you're a club. You're a member of a club in Cincinnati, correct? So isn't it? Yes. I, I belong to the Heritage Club. Uh, it's a, a PB dye design. It's up in Mason. Okay. Um, and I, uh, it's a, um, it's a pretty hard golf course. Uh, in fact, every, everybody that we, I, I love to bring people who are two handicaps out there. <laughs> <laughs> the one course that you'll beat them at. <laughs> well, not necessarily beat them, but the course is going to beat them up. I tell you that I've never, I've never invited someone there uh, and they shot their handicap first time around, you know, oh, so, sure. <laughs> you know, so, but it's, it is a very, um, I, I love the golf course. It's uh, some good folks there. It's a, a great design. The food is spectacular. Um, and I'm, it makes me unafraid to play anywhere in the world. So I, you well, know, yeah. You should invite Hayden and make sure it's a windy day. We'll see how he fares <laughs> uh, getting around the. Now, what, what part of town do you live in? Do you live up in Mason? No, actually, I live in Amberley. Okay. It's an Amberley village. And uh, it's just uh, some good, again, uh, a friend, some friends of mine were members up there. And I had belonged to another club. Uh, uh, close to me, uh, but we were having some uh, difficulty, and uh, I, I it, they weren't gonna um, they weren't gonna make the changes that needed to be made in order to uh, get us out of financial difficulty. So I decided to go up to a heritage. I like the course. It takes me about twenty two minutes to get there. It's nothing uh, when there's not any traffic. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Time <laughs> it up. Well, I know that I grew up in Cincinnati. We um, uh, the course I grew up playing on was Winton Woods. Mm -hmm. And then uh, while I was in probably middle school or thereabouts, Glenview was built. And, uh, but Cincinnati's, for people that don't have the means to join a private club, there are lots of um, county park courses. The Hamilton County Park System has 
They used to have Wynwoods, Sharon Woods. There might be others, right? Well, Clyde, yeah. I think I, I told you, I, when I was playing there, uh, <laughs> I worked at California Golf Course. And yeah. that's one of those where really easy to play, not too expensive, great right. for public golf. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we find that we have a lot of city courses, California being one of them. Glenview uh, is, I, I don't is know when you, out, right? Yeah, Glen, well, Glenview, yeah, Glenview, uh, Avonfields, Reeves down at the uh, Lunkin yes. Airport. Um, Newman out on the western side of the town. Um, then there's the uh, the vineyards. Um, yeah, that's and, right. And then, yeah, then the county courses uh, would be um, uh, Wenton Woods, Sharon Woods, and uh, there's one over on the west side. It, it, it escapes me right now. Well, two uh, weeks ago, Glenview. Yeah. yeah, two weeks ago, I was uh, I actually had a company outing at Vineyards, so okay. I, yeah. I liked it a lot. Did you? We yeah, got, we got stormed on, but right, it right. You know, at California was one we played a lot when I was when I was um, you know first starting to play. We'd go out there between Avonfields, California, and Reeves. Uh, Reeves is where I had my first eagle. Um, California now has a lot of trees. They have a lot of trees. You know, it's grown yeah. up considerably. Yeah, but the um, there's another course at the public course. It's not actually in town, but the one I think is actually the best. Uh, the, the the course we play on Mondays because our club is closed is Stone Lake Hills. Yeah. Yeah, it's a I very it once. nice course. Yeah, I love that golf course. Another good one is Elks Run, if you can yeah. get out there. I was just there about two weeks ago. I was too. Yeah, really. <laughs> I was there for on a Sunday afternoon for an outing. Were well, we okay. in the same outing? Saturday. No, I was there okay. Saturday. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I like to get around to play. and um, so. If we would have ran into each other, uh, I would have thought you were following. <laughs> I, I, seriously. <laughs> that would have been crazy. Now, think about that. Think about that, Clyde. Right. The last time you saw him was in the Dunvegan, and then you right. see it. Exactly. And Elk's Run. Yeah, that's, that's Let's funny. run through it. We we were on the same plane. Yes. Right. Right. Uh, we saw each other at the car rental. Right. And then we saw each other at the Dunvegan. Correct. I don't know if y'all remember seeing us at the Dunvegan, because y'all were we, we had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you all were having a better time in the front room, though, you know? So, yeah, uh, there you go. We got a good, we got a nice seat. <laughs> And was that it? I think that was it. We might have seen y'all one more time. No, that was it. Oh, and then y'all were playing at, at uh, Dunbarney the next day. Right, yeah. We just didn't catch you then, but we played earlier, so. Yeah. But what, um, I want to come back to that. And, well, you ran into, um, you got to meet the owner. You got to meet yes. Clive Clark. Clive Clark, yes, we did. Uh, interesting, interesting story. <clears throat> uh, while we were playing, our um, our caddy fell ill. Um, and, um, uh, there, I was playing with two other doctors, one's a cardiologist and one's an emergency room doc. And I hear I'm an orthopedic surgeon anyway. <laughs> so this guy falls ill and it, it looked to me like he was, I knew he was diabetic and it looked to me like he was, his blood sugar was low. Uh, and, um, so we finally figured out that his blood sugar was low. The other doctors were doing other things that looking for strokes and that sort of thing. I said, dude. <laughs> so, you know, so, so I, I said I'm a physician first. You know, I, I I fix broken bones, but I can tell you when the blood sugar is low. You know, so so anyway, I we um we got some Coca Cola and some orange juice and had to really encourage him to to take it and encourage him to the point it's like trying to feed a baby initially. And I put the uh, bottle of Coca Coca Cola up to his lips and forced him to drink it. And so the uh, the legend of our trip was that Clyde drowns Caddy in Coca Cola. You know, so. <laughs> at the same we, time we, saving him right exactly so uh you know it was it was good it was a uh and so everybody was um 
you know, pretty amazed at what had gone on. And the owner of the, we saw the, the architect and owner of the club afterwards, he came over and thanked us for taking care of the caddy, you know, so, so even in, even in Scotland, you still, still physicians still care about people and you well, do what you can to help them out. Yeah, absolutely. I, <clears throat> I, uh, he's fortunate you guys were there because it, without, without, uh, care that could that could turn into a dire situation oh, absolutely it could be really bad and and if you know you know a lot about scotland where those golf courses are located in the one the one lane roads to get down to them and trying to get an ambulance there and um when you get your when your blood sugar is really really low you can have some serious uh you can get brain some brain damage early on you know so uh and he was already uh, lethargic and disoriented and um combative yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I understand he used some salty language. <laughs> yes, he did, which I, I won't use here, but it was very salty. And, uh, you know, so, but nevertheless, we, I, I knew it wasn't him. It was, it was, it was low blood sugar coming through and we had to do something about it. Yeah. So, so did you enjoy the course, Dunbarney? I really liked the course. I really, I love that course, you know, so it was, um, it's kind of looks like the one in your background there, you know, so yeah. with the grass and the links and so forth, it was, I think it was very well done. And, uh, just, um, the clubhouse was very nice. It was, it was, I would certainly go back there and play again when I, when I get there, when I go yeah, back. We loved it. Yeah. So we had, this is our, that was our third, my third trip to Scotland with these guys. We went in 2001 and we said, we're going to come back every 10 years. So we went back in 2011 and then this time was 2022, but that was because of COVID. We couldn't go last year. So, <clears throat> so it was I a great think, experience. Uh, it's time to step it up to every other year. Uh, yeah, <laughs> although my, my wife, my wife won't, she's not going to allow that. Man. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you something, Clyde, that's really interesting. Um, Pre-COVID, what we were seeing was it was 90, 99% males going on golf trips. Yeah. It's over 50% <clears throat> men and women now. Really? And most, well, I won't say most, but a high proportion are men and women going and the women aren't playing like they're they're just the they're, they're couples trips now we've right. got yeah i've got multiple we've got multiple trips next year booked with um husbands and wives where the wives don't play or mm. so what he's stuff. saying is is get the guys get the, the women <laughs> we'll get a couples trip going <laughs> well they they actually they went with us in 2011 uh, did they like it? Uh, they liked it, but we went back by ourselves in 2020. <laughs> you take from that. We don't have to say else. anything. We don't have to say anything else. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fall on the sword here. We used to go. I, I used to sit in the Dunvegan as far back as 25 years ago with my friends, and you would see guys there with their wives. Yeah. And we would facetiously look at him and say to each other, "Look at that guy, living the dream." Like, you know, had to bring his wife, right? Right. So now, my favorite person to go to, to Scotland with, and I'm sorry to say this, Hayden, is my girlfriend, Tina. Ah. We, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's such a wonderful place. I don't have to play golf every day. Um, she and I spent the entire summer there last year living in St. Andrews. It was magnificent. Oh, yeah. So... Well, anyway. when you're there for two months, you get enough golf in where right. you don't exactly. need to play exactly. every day. <laughs> so that's kind of. Yeah. <laughs> now, Clive, I, I, I need to, we, we're going to rub some salt in the wound for Hayden. Okay. You and I have each had 
hole in one. As a matter of fact, between the two of us, we've got four. Ah. I won't say that you've got three and I've got one, but you've got three and I've got one. And Hayden, you don't seem to have one yet. Oh, no. So, Clive, what's your secret? How do you have three hole-in-ones? And by the way, one of them I saw you had a University of Cincinnati shirt on, which makes ah, all probably of some good luck. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. Well, my first one was a um, it was a 185-yard shot down in Myrtle Beach at the uh, at the right. Legends. And it was with a four iron. Um, so, and um, so that was, I mean, you just hit the ball and you just, it, we, it, we saw it go over the hill and we couldn't actually see the bottom of the cup. And I actually, I sprinted, I was on a golf trip, a golf <laughs> trip with, with uh, 16 guys. Um, and I sprinted up there and the ball was in the hole, you know, so, um, so that was good. The second one was up at um, Glen Abbey in Canada, in Toronto. Yeah where you remember Tiger hit that six iron out of the bunker on the 18th hole one Sunday. No one thought he could make that shot. Why uh, I had, that's where I had not, not in that hole, but one of the holes there, I had my second hole in one, that was a nine iron. Uh, and then the, uh, the last one was uh, during COVID um, when I was playing at uh, Stone Lake Hills and that was a pitching <clears> wedge, 128 yards. So well, it was just one of those things, you know, you're trying to keep getting it close and they go in on occasion, you know? So I was wondering, my first two were 10 years apart and the third one came, it was like 15. I said, well, that's too big of a gap, you know, <laughs> so, wow. they're, always, they're always fun, you know, so. Well, the trustworthiness kind of is easier <clears throat> to believe while you're in COVID. The 15 year old, no, no. <laughs> Jeff, what was yours? Mine was at uh, Canongate here in South of Atlanta, hole number eight. They have three nine or they've got two 18s there. So this was on Rockmore. And I had like 140 yards to a, a pin over water. And I hit a, uh, I took a little off a nine iron. It was downhill and it hit beyond the cup and came back into the hole. Ooh. And you're like, did that? I mean, <clears throat> but Clyde, you know that feeling when the ball disappears and you're like, you, it's it's disbelief, right? Yeah, like, right. I knew I hit it well, but I didn't think it was in the hole. Yeah, I feel you. Well, the second one, the second one, I saw spin sideways into the hole. Oh. Um, and the uh, the other one, the last one, it was actually really really foggy, so we we it, was, it didn't go in the water. The pin was up front, and we knew it was going right at the flag, so we didn't know until we got down there. Well, we saw the ball mark on the green short of the hole and no, and no ball. So we knew it was in the hole at that point though. So, but it was, uh, so both, uh, all of them were exciting experiences, you know, so. So you now go, you, oh, go ahead. Hey, yeah, I, I was just going to go back a little bit to, uh, you said you go to Scotland every 10 years, but don't you, you make, uh, other trips every five years, right? No, actually we make, house? um, no, we, well, we make a, a bunch of trips. I went to, um, um, Ireland as well. Uh, okay. And that was that was with our women, with our wives. Okay. So that was uh, nine nine golfers, ten golfers, and ten wives. Wow. <laughs> so, but that was a that was a fascinating trip. A once in a lifetime trip. Right. Honestly. Exactly. No doubt. No doubt. Um, we also had a trip to um, England when the Bengals played the Washington team over there. Oh, we nice. went to England and the, uh, the women went, went with us then and we played only played one round of golf that was at uh, Hadley Woods just north of uh, London 
Um, and we actually went to a Mary J. Blige concert that uh, that trip as well. It was a great that was a great trip. You know, Bengals game, tie game. <laughs> the a game tie. was tie. It was a tie. Uh, uh, so we didn't lose. And the, then and the uh, Mary Blake, uh, Mary J. Blige concert beforehand and a ground to golf and coming yeah. back from the golf course in our plus fours. And we generally wear plus fours when we travel. Um, and just coming back uh, on the uh, on the tube and plus fours was uh, and people looking at you all strange, you know, that was kind of weird. But, <laughs> but, other trips, but we take we take trips during the year where we take our wives as well. We go to um, my, my birthday. We'll go to a place where there are casinos and golf courses. Uh, so we've done New Orleans. Um, uh, we've been up to um, uh, Foxwoods up in uh, uh, Connecticut. Yeah. And uh, been down to um, uh, Dancing Rabbit in Mississippi. Yeah. Um, French Lick. Um, Belterra, you know, those sort of places we go to. Uh, and then we go to Palm Springs every year uh, as well. And so the wives have started to accompany us on that trip. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I think, uh, you know, when dogs get old, they lose their fight. I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or they know what fights to pick. Yeah, exactly. yeah there you go. <laughs> exactly. Well, Clyde, listen to this. We're planning a trip next year for uh, a married couple. And um, not, not a special occasion, but um, they said, hey, Jeff, I, we want to go to um, Ireland and to Scotland. Mm. And uh, they live in Chicago. They're big Cubs fans. And the Cubs are playing the Cardinals for like a three, three games, two or three games, one weekend next July. Okay. Right? So we're putting together a trip for them where um, – they're going to work with a travel agent on the flights and the time that they're in London. Right. And then everything in Scotland and Ireland will provide, but it's a very similar experience, right? Going over to see, um, I think they're playing at the Emirates, which is um, where, uh, you know, a big soccer team over there plays. But, okay. Okay. Uh, I don't think they're playing at Wembley. Anyway. That, that should be a great experience. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So we did, uh, when we went this time, uh, we arranged the uh, trip to the open, uh, a couple of days to the open. Uh, uh, we kind of arranged separate from the uh, agency that was actually doing the travel for us. And, uh, now, but it was, yeah, it was a good trip. Now yeah. you didn't go, uh, you weren't there on Friday. We were there on Friday. Right. But we would have seen you again, you know, like we did. <laughs> Um, but we were able to, we were in the stands behind 18 when Tiger walked across the bridge crying and the yeah. people in the stands were crying. Were, yeah. One of the cool. most amazing things I've seen in sports. Exactly. Yeah. I, I wish we had, we just hadn't gotten there early enough. And uh, I think he was teeing off early and we arrived and we decided we we're going to play golf that day. Uh, and uh, we went to the, um, hoping he would make the cut, but we had booked uh, Saturday and Sunday. So. But he didn't make the cut, so we didn't get the same. But I'm sure that was a great experience of yeah. what you speak, you know. So yeah, standing ovation for every single person around the first and eighteenth. Yeah. For about five minutes. Is that right? <laughs> was, wow. Yeah, special. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, he's he's meant a lot to the sport for sure. And um, you know, so I, I guess the the one of the things that we're reflecting back on what we were talking about before is that I just wish that um his presence had brought more african-american golfers um into the uh, into the sport we just don't have enough that we see on tv and uh, you know you 
like I said, you can, you can, you can be what you can see. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it's been a, um, I'm sure he did, he did what he could, you know, for everybody as far right. as golf is concerned. So we continue to uh, try and encourage people to uh, play because it's, it's, it's a marvelous game. You know, I just, I, I love the game and it's, there's a lot of uh, connections that people make and it can help you in a um, variety of, of careers, you know, from the standpoint of um, um, networking. And so right. it makes a big difference. And if you love outdoors and love travel, this is the thing to do. So, well, he did inspire. I mean, he he inspired millions of people to play. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure millions of African Americans play because of him. Unfortunately, you're right. There aren't a lot of African American men that play that, that are on the PGA Tour now. Right. Harold Varner made the unfortunate choice to leave and go to live golf. Yeah, yeah. But. Uh, <clears throat> He's an amazing player. I saw him win on TV earlier this year in the Middle East. I think he was in Dubai right. where he made a literally a hundred foot putt to right. beat Bubba Watson and Bubba and him are, are very close. And Bubba came out like he was just more excited for him than if he'd won himself, I think. Right. Yeah. Well, Bub- Bubba's <laughs> won a lot, you know, so. No, they're playing the other yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's that's a whole nother story. I, the money's there. I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna take it. But if I can do an editorial, I, yeah. I don't think you can have it both ways. You know, that's that's the that's the only thing I have to say about that. You know, so. From what Varner has <clears throat> said in the public, it it looks like he's doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. So, um, saying that he can do what he, he wanted to do with charities now and right. the flexibility, but that's good. That's, that's good. good. I yeah, I like to see that. Yeah. No doubt. Sam Smith had a similar one where they're starting to bring golf to Australia, so he'll be able to spend more time there and spread the game there. Okay, it's also good, but that you there's always that you know down yeah. the back of the head. We know what it's about, but at I, least they I, can... I think it's a as a business person, it's a it's a it's a very poor business model. I've never seen any business be successful where the whole basis is greed right it's not about growing the game it's not about taking golf to asia it's not about it's 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 just taking taking a product that the pga has built stealing the best players or the ones that they can get and then paying them money that, that there's no way to in a normal business you can't sustain that you can't keep they don't have they don't have endorsement dollars to to fund this they don't have television contracts or media contracts it's all coming from the saudi government and it's 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 a very poor business model i'm not you know on some level i don't blame people for for taking the money but to hide behind some of the things that they've said i don't know yeah, I think Hayden and I, we haven't talked about it, but I think we're on different sides <laughs> of this issue. Yeah. I saw the celebration for DJ and his team, and it seemed so contrived. They were acting like they'd won the Super Bowl, and they'd won a stupid little golf event in, outside of Boston. <laughs> and the people in Boston are upset, saying, don't call that TPC Boston. That's 30 miles outside of Boston. That, you know. <laughs> right, right. Mean. Yeah. A lot of people were saying that DJ was was way happier than any of his major wins. <laughs> right, really. So we'll see. <clears throat> now this that leads to something interesting. You mentioned uh-huh. some places that you've played, Clive. Yes. 
Like, and you played in all 50 states. How in the world is that possible? Well, when I was, when I was working, um, I would, uh, of course, go to medical conferences for uh, continued medical education. And I, I like to play golf. So I would, you know, when there was a conference at a place where there was a nice golf course, I would go to that conference, you know, so. Um, Easy. Yeah, right. So that's, that's how it started. And then so I, I, I looked up in about 2000 or so. And uh, that's when uh, two things happened. First of all, I read an article where some guys were going to play, uh, going to attend a baseball game in every stadium in the United States. And also there were, um, the uh, United States Mint was starting to issue the state quarters. Remember those state quarters? I yeah, I had a collection for my Exactly. Kids. And so, and I had played golf in 29 states. I said, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play in every state. And so that's how it started. And I got a, um, a, uh, a poster, which has a slot in it for each one of the uh, state quarters. Um, and so if I had played the state and the quarter was out, I would put it on tails. And if I had played the state and the quarter, the state quarter wasn't out, I would put it on heads, but fill up the slot. And so I then started to plan my medical conferences <laughs> to, um, to fulfill those other uh, 21 states that I hadn't played. So I did that in about, uh, took about 10 years to do the wow. other 21 states. And I would do things like, and my wife was teaching, she was teaching then. she, uh, my wife taught second grade. And so she was a big history buff. And so we would, we would add um, things for her to do on those trips as well. So like we would visit sites on the Underground Railroad um, while we we're doing these trips. For instance, uh, when I, I had some, I hadn't played in, um, in Oregon, um or nebraska or wyoming and my my business partner's son was getting married in um i'm at washington i'm sorry i hadn't played washington he was getting married in in seattle and my wife wasn't going to go to the wedding because she had to teach so i flew to denver one wednesday night drove up to wyoming so only 100 miles to cheyenne stayed overnight played in cheyenne in the morning then I played in Nebraska in the afternoon and I drove back to Denver, stayed in the hotel over at Denver overnight and flew to Seattle for the, um, for the uh, uh, rehearsal dinner the next night and a baseball game. So <laughs> that's the sort of thing that I did in order to do these things. And the last three that were on the list were Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine. And so my wife went with me. Um, so we flew to Burlington, Vermont, and we took in a place called uh, Rockabees, which is a, which was a site on the uh, uh, Underground Railroad. Uh, we visited the museum, checked into Sugarloaf, and I played golf there. Then drove over to um, New Hampshire and played golf at a place called Breakfast Hill. And again, there was um, one of the, the first African American publisher in the United States was in um, in New Hampshire. And so we visited the uh, the shop uh, there, the museum there. And then we drove up to Maine and I played at Samoset, which is the last course that I played. It was the last, the 50th. And so that's, that's the sort of things that, uh, you know, I did in order to get them. Get that's them really cool. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. I can tell you how he got to North and South Dakota. Uh, how? He went to a medical conference. I mean, you, you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel trying to find a <laughs> medical conference. But it was how to drain an abscess. I mean, something they teach first year medical students. He's flying to North and South Dakota to learn how to do that so he can get around the golf in. 
Well, actually, that that trip was a um, that yeah, it was more. It was actually very intentional. I went there just to play golf. You know, there was uh, no medical conference for that. And uh, my um, the two of my friends that went to uh, Scotland with me, they were on the trip as well. We flew into um, Fargo and uh, played at a place called um, Dakota Winds, which is just above the North the North Dakota border. It's in South Dakota, and then drove down to Sioux Falls. And played at uh, Prairie Prairie View, I think the name of the course was Prairie Hills, uh, in um, in um, in uh, Sioux Falls, and that was the um, that was that was the uh, North Dakota South Dakota trip. So so you must have really good friends that are willing to go to North and South Dakota yeah. to play golf. Yeah, they're they're very good friends, and you know when we got to uh, North Dakota, <laughs> it was really windy. I mean, I have pictures of uh, ha our hats being blown off and the flag. It was worse than the winds that I've ever seen, even in over in uh, uh, Scotland or Ireland. But the flag was at a 45 degree angle and it was chilly. And this was first part of May. Wow. <laughs> okay, had, hey, yeah. scratch those states off your, your list. <laughs> Go with a play and win. Maybe. I, I want to know what <laughs> courses you played in uh, Alabama and Georgia. Um. In Georgia, I played at a bunch of courses around um, uh, Augusta. You don't um, say Augusta. Uh, 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 Reynolds. Uh, Reynolds Plantation. Right, right. <clears throat> Reynolds. Um, and then there was a um, there was a county course that I played with one of my friends down there as well. Hard labor. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's a course called hard oh, labor. <laughs> I'm not kidding. There's a course called no. Hard labor. It was it wasn't it wasn't hard labor. <laughs> um, and then uh, you asked about Alabama. Yeah. Uh, in Mobile, uh, Magnolia Magnolia Grove. Okay. Part of the Robert Trent Jones Trail. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So that was my. In fact, that was the one course in Alabama. So. You've only played one course in Alabama. Yeah. Right. Wow. That's yeah. all I needed. Right. That's all I needed. I played one <laughs> course in a lot of states. You know. So. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I want to hear. Um, so you've played in all 50 states. Yes. Uh, and then we're going to get to the um, continents that you've played in. You right. played in six out of seven. Right. Uh, Jeff was hinting to the one that you haven't played in. Let's start there. All right. The well, one I haven't. Okay. Yeah. Well, I want to go back. Well, okay. I want to ask this question. But I, I love your question, Hayden. But is there a course or a state that surprised you? Like, like you, you travel a long way to these places and you're like, Holy cow! I had no idea the golf was going to be this good, or the right. state was this cool. Um, that would be Oregon, Band Bandon Dunes. Oh yeah, that's okay. my that's my that's my favorite Bandon Dunes. The the Bandon Dunes course there uh, of the um of the I guess there are six. I haven't played Cheap Ranch, but when I first went to Bandon Dunes and I played the Bandon Dunes, that's my favorite course in the United States. I, I love that course, and I was surprised. And it's like, I guess, you know, they what they talk about is that it's like playing golf in in Ireland. The difference is it's easier to get to Ireland. <laughs> so, yeah. I hadn't heard that, but I absolutely understand. <laughs> but you, you you understand it. You've been there. You know it's hard. You know. So, but I really that did surprise me. And the fact that when I the, when we first went there, there was Bandon Dunes, Pacific Dunes, and Bandon Trails. So they only had three courses, and now yeah. they have six. So I've, you know, I've, made, I've made three trips out there. I've been there three times. You know what I love about golf and what you did? I have this sense that, like, every, like it's hard to have a bad time playing golf. 
I've never met an well, I don't know if I've ever met an a hole playing golf. You know where you get set up with someone else. Yeah. And golf courses seem to be welcoming to everyone. It, it was that your experience, and it was like. Well, I, I I have I have played with a holes before. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're called your golf buddies. You don't know them every week. <laughs> I love I love those guys. You know, all of them. You know, so. Um, I mean, I, it, it's, it's happened in the um, uh, in the United States as well as in uh, actually when I played in Africa, um, the uh, the gentleman wouldn't play with me. In fact, um, and uh, so I ended up playing with just my cat because you were black. Yeah, that's exactly correct. Yeah, yeah, that's what they that's what they told the uh, the caddy master, and so I said, fine, no problem. I went off and played by myself. This was in Zimbabwe. Wow. What, what was the reason uh, behind the main reason? What was the reason? Well, that that was the main reason. I mean, that was it was stated, in fact, you know, so, uh, you know, there's still there's still there's still racism in this world and in this country, you know, so we still run into that uh, on uh, on occasion. Um, but for the most part, I do agree with you. I would say that <clears throat> my, my experiences on golf courses are opportunities to get to meet a lot of people who are, uh, you know, from different walks of life and uh, they, uh, they, they make it a, a pleasure to be out there, you know, for the most part, but there, they can, it, you can have some bad experiences, but uh, that was the one that comes to me uh, most uh, um, immediately, if you will. We've had some other experiences, which you know, we don't have time for, but. Well, I, I, I'm yeah. just, uh, you know, uh, it's just hard. It's hard for me to imagine hard for me to imagine that. And I, and, uh, you know, I have friends that have shared experiences that they've had that are, that are appalling. Yeah. Not around golf, but around life in general. Right. right. Yes. And, um, well, the thing is, and that's, that's part of the reason why uh, I think that, um, the, the history of, of golf and the history of how, um, you know, particularly African-Americans have been treated, uh, vis-a-vis -vis golf, um, lingers in the community and it keeps a lot of people from wanting to uh, wanting to play yeah. and so that's part of that's part of why you don't have the passion for it everywhere because people have not been treated properly if you look at the people who i mean you, you can name the folks who have been very very um you know successful looking back at at uh, um you know lee elder and charlie siffert and um you know teddy rhodes and so forth those guys they they endured just unspeakable okay. things you know they, they couldn't stay in the hotels you know, and they, they were, I mean, there was a, uh, there was Caucasian only clause until 1961 um, for the, um, for the uh, PGA <clears throat> tour, um, even up until the 1990s for Shoal Creek when, uh, you know, they wouldn't let blacks play there, you know, so this is, that's in the 1990s, um, yeah. you know, so those sort of things put a bad taste in, in people's mouths. And it's a, uh, um, I mean, whether it's, it's not a, an excuse, but it's a reason why people don't, um, haven't gravitated to it. And if you don't see people playing, you don't think you can play. It's just like being being a doctor or being an engineer, uh, being a lawyer and so forth. <clears throat> you need to see people in those walks of life to know that you can do it as well, you know, so. Well, there, what's the name of the course up in Northern Ohio? I think it's near Cleveland where an African-American guy built a course and his daughter, I think yeah. she became a professional. Right, that's Clearview. Yeah. Clearview. It's in East Canton, and it was um, it was built by William Powell. He came home from um, the uh, from World War II in 1946. He had learned he had learned to play golf uh, over in Europe, and loved the loved the game. And but they wouldn't let him play, and so he he built Don't his you own find golf that course. Appalling. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, think about this. Yeah. This guy risks his life right. for our freedom. Yes. He comes back and someone says, well, you can't play golf here. Right. Exactly. I, mean, I just find that appalling. Well, it, and it, it is. It was. And, but he, he 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 took he said, OK, I'll build my own golf course. I'll take it in his own hands. Now, right, have you exactly. played there? Yes. Yes, I played there. Um, and in fact, I met his his daughter. Uh, interesting story since you, you brought it up here. His daughter, her name is Renee Powell. Um, she was uh, on the LPGA tour um, and she has a doctorate from St. Andrews U University, the honorary doctorate. There is a dormitory on the campus that's named after her. Wow. wow. And we, we visited that dormitory while we were there just this past um, it was the, the, the outside, of course. So we drove on the campus and uh, we, we did, I have a picture of me. Uh, each one of us has a picture in front of the sign uh, denoting the, um, the dorm dormitory that's named after her. That is awesome. It's called Clearview, um, Clearview Golf Course. It's, it's, it's a um, very, very challenging and hilly golf course. But we had, we had a great time. Well, and, I'm uh, glad to hear that. I, I, yeah. I, that's a place I do want to play based on that history. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, he basically built that course by hand. Yes. And, and now she's running it, correct? She's running That's correct. She's running it. Um, and uh, when, he, when he built the course... It was, um, I mean, he seeded it by himself. So he literally walked the fairway back and forth, putting the seed down for the grass to grow. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's but a, she, she is running it. And um, uh, we were there, again, it was one of those, it was a COVID trip. And uh, there were um, four, four in my car, four in the car behind me. And when we got there, a bunch of the old Bengals who play golf were there as well. Um, Icky, uh, Icky Woods and... Yeah. Um, uh, Eric Thomas and um, uh, Barney Bussey, <clears throat> a bunch of other guys were there um, as well, and so we and we didn't know they were going to be there at that time, but we played, um, you know, we played with them there. Okay, there's a guy that. Okay, now that you bring up the Bengals, there's a Bengal who's a member, former Bengal who's a member of my club. Okay. I don't see him around much anymore, but I want to say it's Beauchamp. Remember him from oh, yeah Al Al Bochan. He was a linebacker, right? Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I want to say Al Bochan. You should see him. I oh, mean, he's clearly a football player, right? Yeah, right. He's got dreadlocks, but they're gray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, when you see him, you're like, that guy was a football player, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, hey, what do you, you say about question? me, Jeff? Yeah, you, you're going to have gray dreadlocks before you know it. Let me <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let me get back to your question, Hayden. Is that all right? Yeah, about, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm excited to hear continents. it. Uh, I, did I answer your question satisfactorily, Jeff? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, better. I'm eager to hear about your the, – the of the seven continents, you played six. So uh, Yeah, I played six. That. The one I have not played is Asia. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of people find that amazing because it's – I mean, there's so many golf courses there, and uh, – I mean, it's easy to get to, if you will, and um, but I have played all the uh, the others, including uh, Antarctica. Um, well, that's the thing that's more surprising right. than not having right. played in Asia: the fact that right. how in the world did you play in Antarctica? And you, are you the only person that's ever played there? I mean, or is no, there other people? Well, I'm there's some other people that have. I've seen some pictures of other people uh, playing. Uh, it, there are no golf courses there. Okay, there are no golf courses in Antarctica. 
Um, and it's cold as all get out, you know, so it's like, it can be a hundred degrees Fahrenheit below zero in the winter time and, uh, you know, Southern hemisphere. So their winters are summer. And so the time to go, if you're going to be a tourist is going to be in our winter time. We went in uh, January, uh, January of 2020, right before COVID struck, you know, so we were there and decided to go. We actually decided to go a couple of years before that. Um, and it was just, there's a lot of people travel to, Antarctica. So we had to wait um, in order to uh, get a um, get on the ship. We were on National Geographic uh, cruise. Um, hadn't played South America either at that time. And so we stopped in the, um, um, Argentina in Buenos Aires and played a, a golf course, Buenos Aires Country Club in, the Buenos, in the, uh, Argentina. And then went on down to uh, Ushuaia, which is the southernmost city in the world. And that's where we caught the National Geographic uh, Explorer, the, the ship that we were on. And um, so I had a, this is written up in the African-American Golfers Digest, by the way. Uh, if you uh, awesome. Google Google golf white continent, you'll see the article, it pops right up. Black golfer, white continent. <laughs> Just a white, white, golf, golf, white continent. <laughs> and it, it, and we, we named the, uh, the tournament the Nubian Open, which is a kind of the depiction of, uh, you know, uh, people of African descent playing uh, in this open championship, we called it whatever we want. We had some golf balls, had a flag. And um, basically we um, we first, when we, were, when we were first supposed to play and land on Antarctica, we couldn't play because there was too much ice. So we actually, we set up our putting cups on the ship and put it on the, t on the top of the ship, took pictures and celebrated and so forth. And then a couple of days later, we actually were able to get off the ship, and uh, and that's when we we officially played and planted the flag temporarily, and brought it back with us. You know, so wow. So how many shots did you actually hit there? Uh, one. <laughs> that's good enough. That's good. That's all it takes, you know. Now on the, when we we're when we we're doing on the putting course, we we put it. We were out there for about an hour and a half. There were four of us, and um, including the uh, wife of uh, one of my uh, very, one of my friends who's traveled to Scotland with me and. And all these other places. He's a cardiologist. His his wife is a uh, nurse practitioner. She was specialized in sickle cell, um, and um, so she was with us. And then that ER doctor I was talking about. That was the four of us. So it was a it was a fun trip, you know. So, so your wife didn't go on this trip. No, she said it's too cold. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, she said it's too crazy. It's going to be fair. too cold. I'm not going. You go ahead. <laughs> now the time that y'all went. Yes. Imagine if you guys got stuck there. Yes. What would you happened. have done? Y'all thought about that, right? Obviously. Oh yeah, obviously. But what you know, would you have done? We probably wouldn't be here now. <laughs> That's you know, it's um when you from from um, Ushuaia to landfall in the Antarctic. I mean, sorry, the Penguin Island was the first stop where we where we uh, where we first stopped. It's just an, an island in the Shetland chain just north of Antarctica. But that was uh, like a two-day trip. And going across the Drake, Drake Passage. And Drake Passage, the waterways are really, really rough. It's, it, they say it's the, uh, the highest waves in the world on a sustained basis. Waves and wind. It was really, it was rough. So you wow. need to take your Dramamine and <laughs> your Zofran with you, you know, if you go, if you do that. But um, so it was, um, I mean, you're, 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 and we didn't, it was actually a day and a half. Actually, it was three and a half days before we saw another ship. Wow. 
So, and uh, our captain, when we were, um, when we were approaching the Antarctic, the Antarctic uh, Peninsula, Antarctica um, uh, Peninsula, he said that um, there was too much cloudiness on the western side, so we we're going to go on the eastern side of the uh, of the peninsula, where he, he saw some uh, breaks in the weather, and so we were going to go that way. So that's where we went, and he said this um, this is going to be a um, expedition. This is not a cruise, you know. So they were actually doing <laughs> some charting as well. So he so he claimed. Um, wow. But it was uh, it was quite a trip, you know. So, so, I mean, I, I can't imagine the look on the passengers' faces when you get on carrying golf clubs. Well, I just had I had a um, I had a, a, a putter. It was a collapsible. It was in oh, sections. Nice. I just had to put it together. So they they, it. they were all jealous. Everybody wanted to use it and take pictures. I said no. <laughs> <laughs> If this thing breaks, I, I, I'm screwed. <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> and we had uh, we had talked with the captain uh, before we got down there, and they had uh, approved us going off the ship and uh, and hitting, uh, you know, hitting the golf balls and so forth. The golf ball, we had, the, it was a uh, iridescent uh, golf ball. Um, that, so it would show up in the snow, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. nice. That's fantastic. Yeah. Now, really how cool. did you get to Australia <laughs> and avoid playing in Asia? Well, um, it's still a long way from Australia to Asia now. Got to remember. I, I agree, but <laughs> you've gone. You, it seems like you've so, gone out of your way a lot of times. Right. Like, no. No <laughs> doubt. Well, my my. Well, the, the the real bottom line is my wife wanted to go to Australia, gotcha. and she and she doesn't want to go to Asia. So. Well, is that, <laughs> that is that the next thing on the list? Yep. Yep. Next year, it's not it's not uh, scheduled as of yet, but that's my plan to get it uh, get it done next year. Nice. But she wanted to go to Australia and she had always wanted to go to Australia, you know, being the teacher. And uh, so, but that, that didn't drive her to Asia, but it did drive her to Australia. So we, we played golf down there. I, I played uh, three times in Australia, you know, so. Were you in, uh, what, were you in Sydney or Melbourne? Those seem to be the. Yeah, both, both of those, as well as uh, Brisbane. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a course in Brisbane where the uh, LPGA used to play, I think they still play a tour event there. I forget the name of the course, but I played at that one. In Sydney, I played at um, uh, New South Wales uh, yeah. golf course. Uh, and in um, Melbourne, I played at the Royal Melbourne. Yeah, that was, that was really, really nice. Really, really nice. You know, so I had to get a letter from our head pro beforehand and, you know, they to introduce you and so forth yeah. and so on. But you go through all those, you that you travel that far, you know, you're going to go through other, whatever hoops you have to go through in order to yeah. get there. You know, Royal so, Melbourne, that's going to be near the top of your list in terms of golf courses, right? Yeah, it was. But, I, you know, in actuality, I like New South Wales better. Wow. Just because it's it's closer to the water. And I, you know, I like those, you know, close to the water courses. That's why I like, you know, Lynx courses in Scotland and uh, in, uh, Ireland, you know, so. Abandoned and Dunes, Dune, <laughs> for that matter. So you, you earlier you mentioned your love of abandoned Dunes. Is that your favorite course in the world, or is that what's your favorite course in the world? I would say that that is my favorite course in the world. Wow! Now I'm not. Hey, I yeah. love it too. I've played yeah. there. I think yeah. it's fantastic. I, so yeah. I, you know, I, I, um, it's just that uh, I've done it three times, and that's and uh, you know I like St. Andrews. But I like St. Andrews more for the history. I mean, it's just you if you're there, if you're in Scotland, you gotta do it, you know. But it's I mean it's not a great golf course, you know. So 
<laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Here's what I tell people. Uh-huh. It is, um, and you know about the daily ballot. There's, yeah. right. Right. But the town of St. Andrews. Yes. The Dunvegan. Yeah. Rusak's Hotel. Yeah. Uh, are, I mean, standing on the first tee, knowing that every great golfer who's ever lived has teed off there. I mean, there's something yeah. about the whole, uh, like, okay, when we're, okay, have you ever been in a pub like the Dunvegan during the Open? Right. Like where everyone's talking about the what's going about golf, or yeah. have you been to the Dunvegan on your other trips? Uh, we went the um, the first time we were there, we were at the Dun the, the uh, Dunvegan, um, but not the second time because we like the second time. Remember, we had the young ladies with us. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, okay, but at the Dunvegan, <clears throat> even even when it's not the Open, yeah, right, that's all people are talking about in there right. like, no doubt no doubt and there are pictures on the wall we, we found our pictures from 2001 did you as you're going up the steps did you go up the steps and see all the photographs of all the foursomes and so forth yeah okay Isn't so your we, picture's still there this picture is still there we took a picture of the picture okay listen to this <laughs> this is a true story listen to this in 1997 i took my dad for his 60th birthday the following year, all my buddies are like, let's go. Let, like your buddies, let's go. So I took a group of eight of us. Um, we took it, we we stayed at the Dunvegan, right? And they've got hotel rooms upstairs. Right. I took a picture of us in front of the new clubhouse. Okay. Or um, well, well, I think they call it the Lynx Clubhouse, but it's where the new course in the Jubilee off from right right i took a picture of us in a panoramic view okay i framed it and i signed it i had everyone sign their name and i put to the best inn in scotland okay for more than 20 years it was eye level right when you walk in really so wow. i went there this year <clears throat> and it's gone ah did you inquire as to why yes and the answer was said we we took down the larger photographs and put up smaller ones. But if you'd like your photograph back, we have it in a box upstairs. Really? I'm like, no, you can have it. But wow. that thing, I, you know how many pictures I got of my friends with a selfie going, <clears throat> look, here I am in front of your picture. And it was my dad, me, my brother, <laughs> and five of our friends. It was wow, amazing. That's fascinating. Yeah. So what's left on your bucket list other than Asia? Is there anything left? Yes, actually, um, I want to. If there's anything left, <laughs> you've done everything besides Augusta, maybe. Right, I would. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> impossible, though. So that's the sort of thing where I told uh, all of my friends. I mean, yeah, you know, you 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 meet all of these people, and they say, "Well, I know somebody who belongs to Augusta," and I said, "All I need is time to get there. I will stop whatever I'm doing. You know, it could be even when I was working. I said, if I have surgery the next day." That'll be the only time I would cancel the surgeries and go play golf, you know. So, got some but, uh, here. yeah, okay. Well, I haven't done that, so I, I'm not. Uh, I didn't play. Okay. <laughs> no, no. I won a golf tournament outing for me and scramble. This was the first place prize was just a picture of it. Oh, this I is got the closest it. I've gotten. Actually, I, I went. So I got it. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. Uh, we, did, I've been to all four majors, um, and um, but my my other bucket list is basically I want to attend a sporting event a major sporting event of every sport 
Okay. So, you know, so that's, I, I haven't done, you know, I haven't done soccer or hockey or I haven't done the Kentucky Derby uh, even, or, uh, or Indianapolis 500, you know, so, tennis? Uh, I haven't done, I've done tennis up at, you know, the Western and Southern, but I would like to go to the U S open. I have a good, one of my buddies who, Still one of my chance. buddies who, say again. Still got a chance. Oh no, I know. One of my buddies who went to um, the other, the fourth guy who was the guy who was taking all the pictures of us resuscitating the, uh, the caddy. Yeah. He's, a, he's a retired chemist from USDA, but he's been to 23 straight um, U.S. Open tennis um, tournament. Wow. Well, I'm saying like you can fly out tomorrow, make it to New York. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't do that, man. <laughs> there's a young hey. lady. There's a young lady in the other room who still control. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> you got to make it to a CFL game too. Yeah, that's different than NFL. So. Is that right? Yeah, different rules. Okay. Yeah, the Grey Cup would be fun to go to. Yeah, that would be. But those are sort of things I still want to um, still want to do and play in uh, play in Asia. You know, so. Yeah. Awesome. You're muted, Jeff. Oh, I'm sorry. I I have a train going by. I put. It oh, okay. <laughs> um, one of the things you mentioned was that uh, one of the things you love about Lynx Golf is being so close to the water. Yes. Are there what else attracts you to Lynx Golf? Because clearly you love Lynx Golf. Yes, I do. I do. It's it's um it's different than <clears throat> the courses that we play on. You you have to strategize differently, and keep the ball out of the um, out of the air because it's hard to for me it's hard to get the ball off the ground. As, as Stop you know. looking at me, Jeff. <laughs> I'm looking at him while you're talking. I'm like <laughs> looking at me. I learned slowly. Where were I you slowly. when he needed you? Right. Uh, I needed oh, you. yeah. Oh, you could you use a putter 40 yards short of the green, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I learned slowly on the tee box. Um, I learned slowly on my yeah. chip shots. Right. Yeah, you got to keep them. You keep them low. And I, I just like it's a different challenge. But when we were at our last day, actually, that was my worst round, playing at the old course on the last day. And I, I was just uh, the ball was coming up short. Even when I was running along the ground, I would you know take a take a a, a six iron and run the ball along the ground you know seventy yards and it come up short and hit one of those swells and go down in the valley and I come out I was couldn't get the speed of the greens right. I was three putt. I think I had four three putts that day. But the greens are huge as you know. So I shot a ninety four, which was horrible. You know I was you know, I was sick at that. We get to um, I had a penalty stroke on the road hole, <clears throat> and yeah, wow. and then I, I lost my ball. And then, so I, I, I on, couldn't on find the, it. On the right or the left? On the left. Um, and so we, we couldn't find it. And so I took the penalty stroke and I hit a four hybrid down there to about, in fact, it was it was 90 yards from the green. And the caddy said, okay, well, you know that road hole green. I, he said, just bump it up there and just get on the green. I said, no, no. I, was, I wasn't in the fairway. I was just in the first cut. I said, get it. Give me my sand wedge. I flew oh. that ball up there. I flew it up there to about 12 feet. The same putt that Rory had. I made mine <laughs> oh. <laughs> for the bogey. But that's that the only time I, I shunned the advice of the caddy. And I said, I'm going to fly this ball up there. I know I can I can hit the sand wedge. Uh, you know, I can hit it 85 yards. It's going to release another another seven or eight, you know. so And it was a perfect shot and made the putt, you know. So that was the uh, beauty of it. So, But – isn't that one of your favorite golf holes? I mean, it, oh, yeah. it's, it's one of the best golf holes I've ever played. I, I, I don't. I've never birdied it. I played it a dozen times. I've, 
I've parted a couple times, but getting a par there feels like a birdie. Yeah. Well, my bogey felt pretty good. Trust me. No, no. I, hey, I, I don't disagree. <laughs> I You're don't right. Disagree. Yeah. If you par that hole, it's a big deal. You know, so, <clears throat> but it was fun. So, and then you have to deal with all the, uh, all the wind. And fortunately for the whole week we were over there, we didn't get much rain, you know, yeah. it was, so, but um, on Lynx Golf, he had to deal with the wind and the fact that you just can't launch that ball like, like we do here. And it's going to run, yeah. not going to stick. <clears throat> yeah. I think uh, before I take Hayden back again, we're going to, I'm going to make sure he calls you in advance to get some get my advice. hints on how to play. <laughs> or maybe I don't do that. And I just continue to take his money. I think exactly. Exactly. Yeah. A better idea. Right. He's, he's probably learned by now, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what, what advice do you have for people, not just about golf, but about the experience when you, when you travel to Scotland or Ireland or England or about, you know, about the experiences over there, what they can expect? My, my um, advice is to, uh, first of all, I, I, would, I wouldn't spend all my time on the golf course. Um, don't, don't play 36 holes. Um, and, uh, you know, play even if, if you're young and fit like, you know, like Hayden, play, play 18 holes a day. Uh, and then enjoy the culture, enjoy the food. And the food is certainly different uh, from the United States. And uh, be a little bit adventurous and try some things that you haven't tried uh, before. And enjoy the scenery. I mean, there's just so much, um, even off the golf course, uh, the uh, sightseeing and being a tourist is, um, is is okay. And take advantage of all those experiences and opportunities that you have. Yeah. So that's that's what I like. That's why we usually traveling over overseas. In fact, I've never played 36 holes. You know, we always play, you know, we'll play 18 holes and yeah. find something <clears throat> else to do. You know? so Eight good, days of 18 holes is, was good enough for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. You. Really yeah, I was I was really tired. So I've gone from, you know, at least in the United States, we used to play 36 holes a day. I'd go to Bandon Dunes, we'll play 36 holes. And I'm not doing that anymore. And yeah. now I'm not even play eight days in a row. I'm gonna play four and take a day off and then play yeah. again, you know. So so <clears throat> that's as I get older. I know I, I, the, the body can't stand that, I can't tolerate that. But enjoy enjoy the culture and enjoy the scenery and the the, the trip, you know. So and golf is a wonderful thing, but it's not it's not everything. So. Right. Right. Well, I think uh, as we as we conclude here, but I hope people um, really paid attention to what you were saying. I think that, you know, the example that you've that you've led in your life about the, the entire way that you've led your life is just remarkable. And I think it's an excellent example for everyone about uh, experiencing everything. Yes. Right. I mean, you're willing to try things that you that you have no interest in or, or seemingly have no interest in or go to places that are far fun places and uh embracing life the way that you have it's just it's remarkable and i think that it's a great lesson for everyone the advice you have for golf is great but more importantly the life lessons i think you've given us are are worth sharing with everyone so sure. I, I do appreciate that and it's um because you can you take all those things over to your um your work you know as well and um enjoying people and pe treating people right and uh, being honest um, you know, is, is makes all the difference in the world. And, um, you know, you, we're, we're blessed to do what we do um, and um, just treat it as such, you know, yeah. and you know, understand that um, tomorrow's not promised. You can't put everything off until tomorrow because tomorrow may not ever come, you know, so. 
Well, can't I always have a doctor. Oh, go ahead, Hayden. I'm sorry. Can't always have a doctor by your side if you cut in. You <laughs> That's right. You, you never <laughs> know. Exactly. That's true. No doubt. Um, but if you ever get down to Georgia, you've got a uh, you're welcome to uh, play with us anytime, anywhere. And if you can get the two of us onto Augusta, we'll put you up at the Motel Six right off of Washington Road. All right, yeah, we'll get you at East Lake if you get us on Augusta. It's okay. not the same, but <clears throat> well, I love to play East Lake. I haven't played East Lake. We'll have to do that. I'll 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 take you up on that. Yeah. All right. Hey, he was at he was pleasure. at the. Uh, it's that, been a real pleasure. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you asking me, and uh, you all uh, be well. Uh, it's been a great experience for me as well. Thank you. Thank you guys again for joining. I hope you guys enjoyed Clyde. Uh, we certainly did. Uh, Clyde has got so many great, great memories and experiences and stories. Um, just hearing about playing golf in Antarctica, uh, it, it's amazing. I don't know how many people have actually done that before. Um, his experiences with um, you know, the lower, the younger generation and the stuff he's done with his life is, is really inspirational. So I hope you enjoyed and uh, please join us next week. Thank you.